we can't change what has happened to us. We can't change the stories or even how we previously exemplified those stories or lived out those stories or perpetuated those stories that didn't serve us. Like that can't be changed. But what we can do is choose better stories, choose to tell ourselves on repeat stories that serve us, stories that move us toward our goal instead of keeping us stuck or even pulling us backwards. Come on this journey with me. Each week when you join me, we are going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. I'm ready for my close-up. Hi, and welcome back. I'm so excited for you to re-meet. If you're new to me, maybe this is your first time meeting her. I'm not sure. If you are my OG, you already know her. And you know it's very rare I have people back on the show, but this one had to happen. Kendra Hall is a president and chief storytelling officer at Stellar Collective, a consulting firm focused on the strategic application of storytelling to today's communication challenges. Kendra's message spans all industries. Her clients include Facebook, Hilton Hotels, Tyson Foods, Target, Berkshire Hathaway, and Harvard Medical School. Shout out to Harvard. Her Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Stories That Stick, was released by HarperCollins Leadership in the fall of 2019, which Forbes said may be the most valuable business book you read. Holy cow. Kendra has become the go-to expert for storytelling in business and beyond. Her work can be seen on Inc.com, Entrepreneur, and as the Chief Storytelling Officer at Success Magazine. Kendra, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Heather, it's like coming home and hanging out with an old friend. Good to see you. Glad to be here. Oh my gosh, yes. So behind the scenes, Kendra, a couple of years ago when I first started out on my own, I was connected to Kendra through a mutual friend and she was kind enough to get on the phone with me and explain some insights into the speaking business, which I super appreciate. Thank you for doing that for me. And after that, we stayed in touch and then we ran into each other randomly when you were on vacation in Miami recently at, of course, none other than SoulCycle. Oh my gosh, I know. That was like the best. That was the best. A, I mean, going to SoulCycle while you're on vacation is pretty awesome in and of itself, but then to run into you and be able to chat all things. uh, Well, at that time it wasn't speaking. It was all things book. I just, I had forgotten that that was how we met was when you called to talk about speaking and look at you now, you're all grown up. You're doing so well. I know this was a relationship written in the stars, Heather. Yes, it was. And I'm so glad to have you back here today. So let's, Kendra, let's start with something that's super important. Everyone, like the buzzword right now is storytelling, storytelling and marketing, storytelling and social. And for you, this is not a buzzword. This is a lifestyle. So you are the OG storyteller. And I just wanted you to share with everybody how this is not just some new flash in the pan for you. I know it's so, it's so funny when people will say, wow, storytelling is really a thing right now. And I just smile. I like to think that I helped to make it a thing in a way. Um, I told my first story when I was 11. So it was, I realized it was almost 30 years ago, which is crazy to say out loud. And it was just an assignment for fifth grade. And when I went in to tell the story, it was to a room full of third graders. I saw right away the power that a story has to captivate, in that case, a room full of third graders, a very distracted (laughs) audience. And I would say that was like, the beginning of my interest because I really felt like I found something, a secret that other people didn't know. And along the way, 
I was kept on the path to continue to pursue storytelling. So in high school, I was on the speech team and competed in storytelling. And that is where I met a teacher who told me about a storytelling competition. And so I entered the storytelling competition, which brought me to Tennessee to compete in the storytelling competition. And that is where I learned about the National Storytelling Festival, which happens the first weekend in October in Jonesboro, Tennessee, every year. And so I went to that and that is where everything really changed for me. You know, you've probably never heard of a storytelling festival, but there I was, I was, I think it was like a freshman in senior in high school, a freshman in college. And I was sitting in these seats and they put up, I mean, the town doesn't even have a stoplight. That's how small the town is. And they put up these huge circus tents and they cram all these chairs. And on this weekend, any given year, there'll be 15,000 people that flood this town to come and hear storytellers. And I remember sitting on these little plastic chairs crowded under these tents and watching storytellers on the stage. And they weren't there to sell anything. They weren't there for a product. They were just there to tell stories. But I remember watching and definitely seeing that there was not only an art and an arc to how these stories were being created, which is what inspired my original, my first book to really dive deeper into what makes a great story and then how can you use that in business. But I think sitting there under that tent at the storytelling festival and hearing these tellers tell stories that for all intents and purposes were really small moments in their life. Funny things that had happened, old teachers, some case it was like old boyfriends or whatever. And take these really small moments and fully lean into and then share with an audience, but you know they had to feel it for themselves, what those those little collections of the small stories in our life mean. And that is that is really what our life is made of, are these small stories that we carry with us, which is in many senses, the inspiration for the new book that I wrote. So whether it's outward storytelling in business with a very clear objective, or whether it's inward storytelling and, and recognizing the beauty and the joy and the fullness of your own life, there's a lot that storytelling can can do. So I just want to mention the first book, Stories That Stick. We actually yeah. have a whole episode on Stories That Stick, guys. So if you are interested in how to brand yourself in business and leverage story to advance sales and drive your business, go back and listen to that episode with Kendra. It's really powerful. And today we're also going to get into, as Kendra mentioned, the story that you're telling yourself, which is really Choose Your Story, Change Your Life, which is your new book that just came out. Yeah. That's why I was so excited to talk with you, Heather, because I know that, I mean, of course, our messages are very different, but when you're talking about overcoming your villains or the confidence, it has so much to do with what's going on between our own two ears, you know, and and really the ability to take ownership of that and, and master that has the ability to change your life, hence the title. <laughs> Well, I want to share this story with you that this is so random. I mean, it's so aligned with your book. It's crazy. And I actually mentioned it in my book, Overcome Your Villains, but I have like a half a chapter about this where you have a book about this. So clearly this is definitely much more advanced than I get into. But I had this realization back in 2019, I went to Disney with my sister. She was the smart one growing up, you know, like mm. many of us had that sibling, right? That was on a mm-hmm. pedestal. Because she was a smart one, I decided 
I wasn't the smart one. You know, alternatively, like in my mind, I just figured I'm not smart, right? So no one ever came out and said that to me directly, but it was my understanding, I guess. And I never even was cognizant of it. We're sitting in Disney and she says to me, oh, I took the kids in for IQ testing last week. And I start laughing because I think that sounds crazy. And she says, why are you laughing at me? I said, because, you know, only you, like, give me a break. Anyways, let's change the subject. And she said, why? You don't take your son, you know, for an IQ test. I said, why would I do that? She said, you don't remember when you went for an IQ test with me when you were little? I said, no, I don't remember that. And she went on to tell me that while she scored off the charts, highest test they had ever given, I still reached genius level. I just didn't reach her level. And it was one of those mic drop moments. I said, wait a minute, say this again. I am a genius. She said, well, you you tested genius level on an IQ test. I'm not saying you're a genius, Heather, but you tested that (laughs) level. And I went back to my hotel room that night. I couldn't fall asleep. I started going through in my mind, just because she's the smart one doesn't mean I'm not smart too. I am smart too. According to this test, it was like getting that, you know, certification or approval that you're wondering, would I ever have that? And I'm sitting there all night. I couldn't sleep thinking how different my life would be had I chosen or told myself the story that she was a smart one and I'm a smart one too. What meetings would I have gone into? What opportunities would I put myself out there? What, you know, what conversations would I have engaged in that I remember consciously I pulled out of meetings if I would hear, oh, he's a Harvard grad. <gasps> I, I, guys, I'm not going to be able to make that meeting or I can't do this because mm-hmm. secretly I thought I'd be discovered as the not smart one. That's it right there. And you didn't even necessarily remember where that story, where or when that story was born. Like what a gift that your sister remembered that and that that she could like you can gain insight into who you are when someone else tells you a story that you have since forgotten but you're you're absolutely right and this happens to us all of us all of us on a daily basis we make decisions based on the stories we've told ourselves about ourselves and and you said it right there the the key here isn't to that's not to say that different things didn't happen or that your sister is is an, is actually an idiot. Like what would have happened if you had chosen to tell yourself that you are a genius and you would have behaved differently. You would have in that you would have you would have stepped up to those meetings. You would have shared your ideas. You I mean everything could have been different if you had just told yourself a different story. This happens on so many different levels, again, almost every single day, we make decisions based on the stories that are inside our heads and whether or not they belong there, whether or not they're true, whether or not there are versions, various versions of the story, the final result is still the same. We, our life is created based on the stories we tell ourselves. So where do you tell people to start? So in the book, it was important for me, right, to have a method because otherwise it would have just been you know, a chapter, right? Like, hey, you should just choose a better story. But to have a method, because one of the things that we're up against here is the, when something is so automated, we don't even pay attention to it, right? Like we don't even, so here's this huge thing that is creating our lives that we don't even give conscious thought to. And so I wanted to give like a methodical 
approach to uh, making the unconscious conscious. So there are four steps. The first one is to catch the stories in the act. And you did it right there. Like, oh, she's, she's the smart one. I'm the dumb one. And they can show up in a variety of different ways, just truths that you say that sounds so truthful. Like she's the smart one. I'm the not smart one. Anytime something like that, you hear yourself say something like that, or a limiting belief pops up, that's a sign that there are stories there at work. And the first step is, is catching them. That is, I mean, that's hard to do, right? Because in life, we're so busy. And like you said, it's on repeat. We're running in this, you know, routine that we've already created that to actually get your attention to say, wait a minute, maybe this isn't true. That's hard. Yeah. I recommend several different things. So one of them is to just set random story checks, kind of like your watch will tap you and tell you to breathe randomly. I think I turned that feature off because it was just starting to, or how it'll tell you to like stand up all the time. I'm like, can you just, can you just let me sit, please? I'm tired, (laughs) tired today to use that. Maybe it's the stand up feature on your watch and say, all right, what story am I telling myself right now? What is going through my head right now? My spin instructor at Soul Cycle, she'll often do like a story check, which is so funny because I'm, and she'll be like, all right, hold on. Before we go into this song, what are you saying to yourself right now? What are the words? What are the stories that are going through your head? And spin just happens to be a place where I tell myself the best stories, which is why I always go there because I want to put myself in an environment at as frequently as possible where I am I get in the practice of telling myself great stories, but I know there are people all around me who are like, I can't do this next song. It's going to be too fast. It's going to be too hard. I'm already too tired, whatever it is. That's you. Okay. <laughs> so that- when starting out a new business, it's a complete pain to get through the LLC part. Taylor Brands makes it 90% easier. It's easy and affordable to get your LLC with Taylor Brands. Taylor Brands offers all the legal requirements for LLCs, such as registered agent, annual com- compliance, EIN, operating agreement, business license and permits, and much more. Taylor Brands walks you through each step of building a successful business and has everything you need all in one place. Bookkeeping, invoicing, business licenses and permits, business documents, bank accounts, and so much more. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using this link, taylorbrands.com slash confidence. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash confidence. So get started today with Taylor Brands. CBDistillery.com is giving you an exclusive offer and it's huge right now. You can get up to 30% off everything. If you've struggled with sleep, stress, or pain after physical activity, cbdistillery.com has a targeted plant-powered solution just for you. I love hearing how many of you have seen improvement in your daily life, thanks to CBD. So if better sleep, more calm, and relief from discomfort after physical activity sounds good to you, you should explore CBD. Don't miss this massive sale and get up to 30% off your order Visit cbdistillery.com and enter VIP. That's cbdistillery.com and enter VIP at cbdistillery.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. 
When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular, and it is just so easy, all because I use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got fired. Launching my own business seemed so intimidating. I didn't know how to set up a website and I really didn't need to. Shopify does it all for you and they make it so easy. It was that breakthrough moment for me that I realized I can do this. I can go to work for myself. Thanks to Shopify. What I love about Shopify is you don't need to have all this technology information ready to, you don't need to know how to plan and run things. You just need to go to the platform, turn it on and know what you're selling. And Shopify is going to help you figure out the rest. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries, including your girl right here. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash monahan all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Monahan now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Monahan. No matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. So that would be a story check, but you can do that because if you're sitting there, so you know this, Heather, if you're sitting there on that bike and you're saying to yourself, I'm not going to be able to do this. Do you think you're, do you think you're going to be able to do it? No, no, of course not. Like these are the basic. I remember when my daughter came home and she was like, mother, I heard this quote, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. And she's like in fourth grade. So yeah, it's the old, it's the old saying, but if you're sitting there telling yourself that story, what if you told yourself the story of two weeks ago when you actually felt really strong and you crushed one of those songs and you're like, I did it last Tuesday. I can do it today how different you would behave in that moment in that song. So finding moments throughout your day to do a story check. I haven't do it in the shower because my when there's nobody else around, my like it just goes wild in there, right? Like I can just be telling myself all kinds of stories and then stop and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, what are, and are these stories serving me? And anytime I find another, this is like a surefire way. Anytime you're procrastinating, chances are there's a story there too. Or anytime you find yourself saying no to something that you actually kind of want to do, but you feel just like you said, oh, I can't, I can't go to that meeting because I've got a, but you kind of wanted to go to that meeting. But you're intimidated. You're scared. Yep, exactly. So those are just a few of the strategies for catching those stories. And that, and all that is, is designed to have you say, wait, I think there's more to this, which then moves you into the second step 
which is to analyze those stories and and that belief that you have, like that you that your sister is the smart one, and so therefore you are not. Well, where does that come from? And I bet you have a whole series of stories from your childhood of her being seen as the off the charts person that just continuously uh, do can you remember any little like collections of stories where she was the uber genius oh yeah skipping a grade getting a perfect sat score you know barack obama teaching her in law school i mean just other level stories of how smart this woman is yeah and so each one of those then comes back and and creates this like in the book, I refer to it as like an iceberg, right? This iceberg of collections of stories. And probably in there are times where, you know, you were in a meeting and you felt you felt like you weren't smart enough to be there or, you know, and so then that gets in there or when somebody perceived you as not smart and then that gets added in there, right? So I'm sure, and we're collecting these, we're collecting these stories. Some of them are big. Some of them are really, really small. So it could just be a comment on Instagram or in a WhatsApp group. And suddenly it's like, oh, we put that all into our, into the iceberg that props up that belief that, you know, I'm not smart. I'm not talented. I'm not enough. I'm not whatever your limiting belief is. And so that second step is to analyze and say, okay, where, where is this coming from? Like, why is it there? And ultimately what price do I pay to hold on to this story and this belief about myself. And for you, I mean, you saw that play out in some really big ways. What I love about this second step is it's an opportunity for once you get to know your stories better and where they come from, it's an opportunity for forgiveness and understanding and compassion, not only for the other characters in your life, but also for yourself. Like you can forgive yourself for forgetting, be like, oh my gosh, I just didn't even realize that that was the score I got. And you're like, okay, well, put a pin in that. Now let's move forward. I know you've worked with a lot of people behind the scenes and currently are working with a lot of people within the book. What happens when someone says, Kendra, I get it. I've, I've, I've got the story I'm telling that's holding me back. I'm analyzing it, but I feel like I'm lying if I'm trying to change the story. That's exactly what we don't want you to do. This book... So there was a moment where, you know, in the discussions and, you know, the journey of writing a book, the title, Change Your Story, Change Your Life was thrown around. And I very explicitly said, no, it has to be choose your story, change your life, because we can't change what has happened to us. We can't change the stories or even how we previously exemplified those stories or lived out those stories or perpetuated those stories that that didn't serve us. Like that can't be changed. But what we can do is choose better stories, choose to tell ourselves on repeat stories that serve us, stories that move us toward our goal instead of keeping us stuck or even pulling us backwards. So my guess is, for example, in your situation, if you were still struggling with the, I, you know, if you're like, well, okay, I get it that I was a genius, but uh, I still sometimes hang on to it. Then, then you would look through your past and say, well, here's a story of 
when I was a genius. And here's a story that expresses my genius. And here's a story that explains that, yeah, actually I'm a genius and they can be really small stories. But when your brain is automating stories, we often, and especially for achievers who's listening to this, we downplay our successes. We forget. And then on top of it, we also forget the struggle. We just have an ability to like mm-hmm. absorb it and like deal with it and manage it and like have it process through us and, you know, exit out of our pores or whatever. But that combination is really dangerous because then you don't fully grasp your successes and you don't give yourself credit to the challenges that you've overcome, both of which are really important, powerful stories that you can choose to tell yourself in those moments when you really need it. And that is actually then the third step is to, once you identify, you catch the story that isn't serving you, you analyze it and you understand it and you know where it's coming from and like how many of them you have and how big of a deal this is gonna be and where, you know, all of that, then you can move into that phase of saying, okay, what if I choose different stories from my life. This is so interesting to me. I spent 20 something years in the media business and I've read so many white papers on this. And this is literally research to back up your point that you're making here, which is when you're talking and you're talking about retelling these stories and contributing more incidents to the story, like you said, in the iceberg, all I could picture was frequency cells. And what I mean by that is in media, McDonald's does not buy one advertisement a year and call it a day because they're successful because of the one ad. They buy millions of ads a day so that you're hearing it on repeat, repeat, repeat. You're constantly adding to that, oh, it's McDonald's. I'm supposed to go eat there. Oh, I remember when I'm hungry, go eat at McDonald's. And so frequency is what sells. And I'm linking that back to your book and your methodology because we are all telling ourselves a story with frequency. And the more we're doing that, the more we're ingraining it in our minds, the more real it's becoming and the more we're living that story. And it's just further proof to exactly what you're saying, which is, it's so crazy. I never thought of it that way. Spoken like a true genius, Heather. Um, with <laughs> um, a media genius, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you're and that and that leads perfectly then into what that fourth step is, which is to install. Our brain is automatically playing these stories for us. It has a negativity bias. It wants to keep us safe, so it's going to play back to us the stories of when we failed, the stories of when it felt like we were threatened. And this is what it's designed to do. It's designed for survival, so we can. Forgive our brain and appreciate it and thank it for that. Uh, But modern day threats are not the same. And if you have a goal or a place you want to go or a place you want to be, your brain's response to modern threats, which are like a natural part of you evolving and getting to another level, your your brain's going to work very hard against that goal just in the background. And so our goal then with this fourth step is to intentionally at first, because that's how it has to happen, increase the frequency with which we are telling ourselves these chosen stories that can quiet and eventually silence the other stories. We're we're rewiring uh, that default. Now it has to start at first, it has to be super intentional. So, So maybe it is you write down your set of chosen stories or you type them in your app or you have them on a post-it, you have a little subtitle for what a little title so you can remember what each one is. And every morning you wake up, you 
revisit that story and you're like, yeah, actually, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. Maybe you know that there's a staff meeting every morning at 9 a.m. and you can feel that knot in your stomach where you're like, oh gosh, am I gonna? And you choose to retell yourself those stories. Like you you put these on repeat. Anytime you feel that nagging, like, oh, you're not smart. Don't go in there. You're not smart. You know to stop and say, hold on. I need to tell myself these stories until all that intentional repetition becomes automated. And that's what we eventually see, or what I saw as I took people through this process was over time, once they found their stories, once they started telling them themselves these stories, like their lives started changing in ways that they'd been trying to change for so long, but their stories weren't letting them do it. Uh, that frequency wasn't letting them do it. And so it's taking back control of what those stories are. Give us one of the stories with someone that you've worked with that you've seen breakthrough uh, because of the process. In the book and in the, as I was doing the research, the third part of the book breaks down self-storytelling in like five key areas of life. So how they can work in your business and career, how they work in health and well-being, uh, how your self-stories are there with um, money issues, love and relationships, and then family and parenting, which is so funny as I list each one of these, I'm thinking about all the stories that are coming back that were either in the group or then transformed into the book. But one woman was there in the group and identified that money and finances was a really difficult area of her self-storytelling. And what it was doing ultimately was leaving her stressed, like constantly stressed, siphoning off like the joy that is inherent or should be inherent in life because even though she was successful, even though she had a lot of business success, even though she was now running her own business, she had this constant story going that she didn't have enough money. She didn't have enough money. She didn't have enough money. That was her limiting belief. That's where we were like, okay, let's look. And she went back and remembered in her childhood that she grew up very affluent. Like they, she came from a you know, upper middle class. The adults in her household were always talking about not having enough money. And her, I believe it was her stepfather would say, well, we're going to be eating, we're going to be eating beans tomorrow. So blah, blah, like it was this, it was always a part of their life. And yet they had plenty of money, right? And so all of a sudden she realized, wait, this is why I feel this way because I have a lifetime of stories telling me that even when I have this much money, it's not enough money. And so now knowing like what we're working with here, her job was to spend some time looking you know, in her, in her present or in her recent history for times when she had enough money and like, and like what is enough to her. And so she found the story of a vacation that they took and she found the story of gifts she was able to buy. And she found the story of the house that they have and the, all these things and thinking about each one of these stories and having this realization that all this time she had enough money. 
And like that realization then let go. I mean, think about how that kind of statement and whatever that statement is that you have, how it weighs you down as you walk through life. Well, with that weight lifted, she actually wrote me later. She had started doing some like investing, like stock stuff, which she'd always wanted to do, but she never felt like she could because she didn't have enough money. Just that shift in her having enough money, she had in two weeks after are, you know, going through this process, she had more clients than she had ever had because, and I mean, I don't, the book doesn't necessarily go all the way into manifestation and, and all of that. But when you're walking through life, carrying a certain weight, the weight of your old stories, it blocks you from the possibility. So that shift of taking those stories, putting them down where they belong, having other stories lift her up, created an entire different energy. And now not only does she have enough money, but there's an abundance. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So that was one example. Part of that story is in the book, part of that, yeah. But that's one example from one area. And it was just as someone putting belief or content or perspective into the world. And in this case, in the form of a book, there is just nothing more exciting than seeing something like that, like that kind of transformation. It was beautiful. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. I love that that happened for her and for the people in the group because then they can apply that learning as validation. This works. This is proof. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody was working on different aspects of your life. And we saw, I mean, there's one story in there about relationships that was really like mind blowing. I'm not going to tell you that one, but for anyone who's been, you know, looking for a partner or working on their relationships, like it was a really cool expression of the methodology when it comes to love and relationships. There's just, I don't know, it was really exciting for me to see what's possible when we change our stories or choose better ones. What story did you have to choose better for yourself? Here's the thing is you probably experienced this, but when you write a book like that, it's a little, it's hard because... I mean, I am an expert, I suppose, in some ways because I did the research, I investigated this. I'm the one that pieced together through trial and error the the methodology. However, anytime you're trying to grow or develop or write a book that helps others grow and develop, you grow and develop yourself. And so there's been a lot of different, even just as recent as a couple of days ago, like realizations. But one of the stories that I have had to work on throughout my career really is my story about motherhood. 
and what it means to be a quote unquote good mom. And for a long time, I carried around that I wasn't a good mother. And I was, again, weighted every day and every decision, like every success with work. There was always this little voice in my head that was like, well, yeah, but you know, your kids are, you missed the dance recital or the, it wasn't even a recital. It was like the little, you know what I mean? And I just had enough. It was no way to, it was making me worse at my job. And it was again, stealing joy from an otherwise joyful, it it was just ridiculous. And, And that's one thing that you will learn as you go through this process, like how ridiculous we really are. Like you thinking that like totally selling yourself short for most of your life. Like that is, it's ridiculous and funny in the end. But that was this belief that I knew I needed to change and I needed to choose better stories in order to do it. And I was carrying around, like analyze. So where does this come from? And one of the places it came from is my own mother, not any fault of her own, but my own mother, her dream was to quit working when I was born. Her great regret was that she still had to go to work when I was a baby. And then by the time my brother was born, her and my father had like cobbled together whatever their life tapestry was going to be. And she could quit her job and stay home with us. And she was, you know, the best at decorating. There were always arts and crafts and she was on every field trip. And like, and I just couldn't, that wasn't me. And I had a passion to teach what I'm teaching here. And, and then there were all the little failures of like field trips that I wasn't on or the time they were supposed to bring sugar pumpkins to the Halloween party. And I forgot and New York city was completely sold out of sugar pumpkins by the time I went to find one. And I just send her in with like a big 40 pound pumpkin, which yeah, she can't walk to school with a 40 pound pumpkin. So that didn't, I mean, you know, like these are the thing, but they all add up and they play back to you. And um, finally, one day I was coming down to a really big decision for work. And I almost said no, because of these stories I was telling myself, like, I can't be gone again. I'm failing my children. And I decided maybe I should see if there's a better story to tell. And when I looked back on my life as a mother with that lens, like, what are my good mom stories? All of a sudden, there was the story of the time that I did go on one of the field trips and I was so good at being a chaperone that then the teacher from then on sent me emails before each field trip like, hey, I know you travel a lot. I know you're really busy with work, but are you by chance around for this one? Because if you are, I want you to be the parent on this field trip before I put it out to anybody else. Like a teacher's not going to do that if you're a bad mother. Or the time a parent came up to me and she said, you know, my son is new to the school And your son was so kind to him. And he comes home every day talking about your son and that your son is playing with him on the playground and helping him find his way. And she's like, I just am so grateful for your son. I mean, my son is responsible for himself, but I'm pretty sure an awesome mom is also helped make that happen. Like raise a kind, compassionate boy who can recognize a a fellow student who's brand new and and needs a friend. Like, okay, I'm going to put that in the good mom bucket, right? And so as I started adding it up, again, I just felt silly. Like, why do I let this rule so much of my life? And so I started putting these positive stories on repeat and and really for a long time, that limiting belief, that negative story, that pit of unpleasantness, like in misery was gone. I was able to 
automate. So then when a situation would come up that, yeah, looked different than what other families situations looked like, I could see it as, oh, well, this is what me being a mom looks like. And here's how it's cool versus, oh gosh, I should have done this. And oh, so that was a story that, that I had to change for myself. A lot of people have that one in common, Kendra, a lot of working moms and moms that love their job. I think that totally resonates with them. It resonates with me. Yeah. But it is up to you. It's your job to find those and and to believe them and to put in the effort to put them on repeat. Like it's one thing to say, no, I know I'm a good mom, but it doesn't have the same oomph that no, no, I know I'm a good mom because of this and this and this and this and remembering it. And I can still remember the field trip. It was just walk around the block. But in New York City, like you need, all the other parents were on their phones on that field trip. And I was like helping the kids like not walk into the street. I'm like, the bar was low. Just don't look at your phone when you're on the field trip. But I remember, like I remember shuttling all the kids in their coats as they were, they were making note of like the building numbers. And it was actually really cute, but I can see it. And when I think back and I see it and I feel how that field trip felt and to know that I was like really showing up, even as I tell you that story, I'm like, oh yes, yes. That is what being a mom is all about. And I did it. (laughs) And I just want to add to your story also that the fact that you're teaching the kids and showing by example, what it means to create success at work too in your own independent value outside of the home, I think that is incredibly valuable for our kids so that they have that option available to them of what is possible for them. And the reality is it's entirely possible that my daughter will say, you know what? I grew up in a house where my mother, like I'm proud of her. She worked really hard. She was traveling. I want to stay home. Like that's where I... and. And again, this is, I think there's an important part to of this process and or that comes with it is if you're taking ownership of your stories, it also enables you to let, to give other people their stories. Like if that's what happens with my daughter and she's like, Hey, I want to, I want to be home. And that's what I want to do. I will be like, you go tell that story. You go write that story. If that story feels good for you, then let that be your story. And I fully support it because I fully support my own story. And I don't know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tangential good, I think that comes from owning your stories. It's so powerful. So choose your story, change your life. Obviously everyone needs to get it. Where do they find the book and how can they find you? They can find the book wherever books are sold, bookshop.org. If you go there, you'll be able to choose a local bookstore. If you are wanting to support local bookstores, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, of course, you can find me at kindrahall.com. I'm also on Instagram at kindrahall, Facebook. I think it's kindrahall fan. That's how you know how old my Facebook page is. It's back when you were fans of pages. Do you remember them? How cute, I should probably change it or something. I'm not on TikTok. I I just haven't gotten there yet, but those are just a few of the places. You haven't chosen that story for TikTok for you yet. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yep, exactly. That's what I say. I'm like, I will, I fully accept that I may take that story on someday and I have not yet done it. <laughs> Well, if you're looking to choose your story, grab the book, Choose Your Story, Change Your Life by Kendra Hall. I will link to the book in show notes. Kendra, thank you so much for making time for us today. Thank you so much for having me back, Heather. Always a pleasure. 
All right, guys, until next week, keep creating your confidence. You know I will be. See you then. Stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. I'm on this journey with me. Hi, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast that I am so excited about. Negotiate Your Best Life, hosted by Rebecca Zung, a part of the Yap Media Network. As a globally renowned narcissist negotiation expert and an attorney recognized by U.S. News as a best lawyer in America, Rebecca shares her invaluable insights and strategies for navigating life's toughest negotiations. By drawing from her own experiences and the wisdom of her high-profile guests, such as Bob Proctor, Mark Victor Hansen, John Gordon, and Rebecca delivers empowering advice that will inspire you to reclaim control of your life. Negotiate Your Best Life is all about how to negotiate your way to greatness. She provides practical guidance on how to break free from toxic relationships, stand up against injustice, and transform chaos into freedom, possibility, and purpose. Many times, the first negotiation you do is with your own in the morning. In the morning is when you wake up, and that's when Negotiate Your Best Life is time for you. It's about to find your way to greatness, conquering obstacles, and creating the life you truly deserve. Get ready to slay thrive and unlock your full potential. Don't believe me? I'm going to go ahead and share some of the reviews that are out there so you can hear and you can believe too. You have helped me so much these last few weeks. I was with a narcissist for two years. She drove me to the point I wanted to take my own life. Listening to you has made a massive difference and now I know what I'm with. Thank you, Rebecca. Now the recovery. Thank you for gifting the knowledge to believe in myself again. You have unknowingly helped me legally represent myself through criminal, federal, and civil court proceedings with a narcissist. There would be so many people around the world that you're helping without even knowing like me. You saved my life. Emma, 35 years old, Australia. If you are ready to stand up against injustice and transform the chaos in your life into freedom, possibility, and purpose, then check out Negotiate Your Best Life now. Subscribe to Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.